the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to normal. To normal. Yeah. And I say, you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch if, I mean, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaver. When you're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu, the flu. And you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal? Good luck with that. I tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists, particularly 95% of um, the victims of Falun Gong practitioners to be state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest-ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a, a legal sanctions forced organ harvesting business. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State. And when I say greatest country, I mean Dallas, Texas. I am your host, Paul Aguilar. We really appreciate you guys stopping in. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, please make sure y'all subscribe and hit that bell icon uh, so you don't miss a single episode. Also hit that thumbs up button as well. It would really help us out. Uh, if you guys are on the go, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts at Truth Defender Podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Defender Podcast, as well as Instagram at Truth Defender Podcast. Also, if you have any questions or comments for myself or our guests, if you have any guests or topic recommendations, you can email us at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Today's guest is Joshua Shapiro. Joshua Shapiro has been involved with the Crystal Skulls since 1983 when he saw one made out of amethyst in Northern California. He felt such a strong connection with this artifact that since that time, he has devoted his life and resources to sharing the best information he can about the Crystal Skull. Lion artifacts with other people all over the world and the future role they will play to help our planet see world peace. He has had an opportunity to privately visit with a number of well-known crystal skulls in the world, including the Mitchell's Hedge Crystal of Love, uh, the British Museum Crystal Skull, Synergy, and Ami, among others. Without further ado, Mr. Joshua Shapiro. Mr. Shapiro, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me to your program. Can I ask you to define for me the name that you've chosen for your show? How does it represent? Sure. Um, Truth Defender. So I guess it was at the time, uh, we're relatively new. So um, at the time, kind of, you know, when the whole coronavirus hit and, and the whole lockdown hit, um, 
I was kind of just looking around, maybe not at, I wouldn't say truth or podcast, but I would just say, you know, information that you wouldn't necessarily get over the mainstream media or, you know, like in the mainstream. Um, I had a lot of topics that I was personally interested in that you would kind of get bits and pieces of, you know, a different podcast, different shows. Um, but I just kind of wanted something where, I don't know, I was only speaking with individuals and talking about other topics that I was interested in mostly. Um, you know, and that was obviously things that you wouldn't hear like on the news as far as paranormal or things that are happening nowadays with our environment here in the United States, um, protests and all the stuff like that, you know, just things that you wouldn't typically hear. Um, and I just kind of got tired of waiting for people to discuss things that I was interested in really. Um, so I just decided that I wanted to do it myself. So, um, truth defender yeah just we're out here trying to spread the truth no matter what it costs no matter you know what it is if it's going to be upsetting to people or not you know if we're going to also obviously have a lot of people that are going to be on our side as well but um that's just what we're out to do i'm here just to kind of spread as much truth as i can um regardless you know if it's i'm not biased in any way um if it's something that i don't agree with oh well if it's something that i do agree with that's great um but you know i'm we're just here to spread it out no matter what. <laughs> so that's just kind of how it, it came about. Good. Thank you. I know guests aren't supposed to ask those kind of questions, but oh, no. I, I asked because I would like to make sure that what I share is in alignment with your sure. goals. And there won't be any problem with that because I totally agree with everything you said. Sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we're here to talk about the hard topics. Uh, we're here to talk about stuff that doesn't get really talked about, um, you know, Besides, I mean, we're going to start here with the crystal skulls. I mean, for a lot of people that are aware of the crystal skulls, they probably are only familiar with it with the Indiana Jones movie, right? That's probably like the one place that they ever heard of it and they've never heard of it after that. Um, you might have some people that, you know, maybe looked into it afterwards here and there. Um, but I mean, for a lot of people, including myself up until recently, that was kind of like the first first look that you actually had at it um and you know it was in a movie you know obviously a lot of stuff's been embellished you know um but yeah i mean we can start off there i mean where do these crystal skulls come from when were they found you know okay sure well first for your listeners or viewers the term crystal skull means well, I'll show one, and then it's obvious what it means. You know, sure. it's a piece of, first it was quartz crystals that were found in this shape, like a human bones go. Right. But now the modern carvers, and I have to put him down because he's like 10 pounds. <laughs> so in the Indiana Jones, just one quick comment. You remember where they were throwing the crystal skull in the back? Right. It's not possible. This skull <laughs> I'm holding is smaller than the one they showed in the movie, okay. and it's 10 pounds. And I can kind of get him, and I do this in my lecture sometimes, is I'll throw him in the air when I'm dancing. Right. I mean, I'm a crazy guy, but that's that's our, I'm, I was brought up Jewish, so we'd say our, our stick. That's what we do together to have fun and to celebrate life. Sure. And, of course, a lot of people go, oh, my God, Joshua's throwing his crystal skull in the air. He's going to drop it. I never have. But anyway, yeah. getting back to it. So what the viewer saw was, <coughs> excuse me, a piece of quartz crystal that in this case, Brazilian carver, who I know personally, uh, decided or was inspired to carve into the shape of a human bone skull. Now, the one that I showed you 
is a fairly good approximation of a human bone skull. I wouldn't have accepted it as a gift if I didn't feel comfortable with that shape, okay? Yeah. Because the modern carvers, they could make any kind of shape you can imagine of a face, you know, it could be an animal skull, it could be an extraterrestrial skull, right. which we actually have one. Um, and um, stylized skulls, you know, very old ones that don't look human at all, but you know, it's a face. Right. So this is basically what we're talking about. Now there are four different types, and then I'll get into your question where you asked me, you know, like where do they came from? How old are they? Right. Um, and sometimes because I'm 65, I lose my train of thought. No. <laughs> so if I do that, you follow me and bring me back and I'll, you know, I'll be able to go there. No problem. Absolutely. Okay. So the four types that are defined that we know about so far is the modern ones, which I've been talking about, which this crystal skull is an example. And by the way, when they find a guardian, we call them a guardian or caretaker. Like, sure. I don't own this skull, but this skull has chosen me to be its guardian. Okay. So that implies that there is a consciousness, a living consciousness connected to it. Right. And, you know, like even now while he's sitting there, I have to t telepathically tell him, don't talk so I can focus on what I'm saying. <laughs> if there's something important that we need to share from our mutual experiences, then you send me a message right. and we'll do it. Okay. Because mm -hmm. he calls me dad. And uh, okay, so this is the example of a modern skull made with diamond tip tools, which really didn't come out until like the 1970s. Okay. So the thing is, for let's say scientific or archaeological type person, if they find a crystal skull coming from an ancient ruin, you know, and purportedly we're the most advanced civilization that's ever existed, which you and I don't agree, but that's what we're taught in school. Right. Then how were they able to make some of the crystal skulls hundreds or thousands of years ago without using such sophisticated tools? Right. Okay. So to me, this is evidence, you know, some of the older skulls, which I haven't talked about yet, could be evidence for the existence of Atlantis or Lemuria or advanced cultures of Egypt that may have been influenced by Atlantis. You know, all these theories and legends that we have. Sure. So these are these are the modern skulls, and there's I have no idea how many there are, hundreds of thousands. There are carvers all over the world that are making them, and you know I have a relationship with some carvers, and like right now I'm working with um, three different companies, let's say, uh, to create my own style of crystal skull I want to offer for people. Okay, so I have some ideas, so I'm in negotiation, and hopefully all those negotiations will be good. Sure. Um, the next level of crystal skull would be what we would call an old crystal skull, which would be one that had been created in whatever form it was created, uh, <coughs> excuse me, 100 years ago to between 1,000 or 2,000. And if I could summarize the appearance that I've seen of those skulls, and we don't actually know if that definition fits or not, but if you're a person who's sensitive to vibrational frequencies and energy, you can feel a difference between a modern skull, an old skull, and the ancient or very old skulls. It's like, you know, each one has a, has a different level. Although, probably because I'm very connected to this, Portal de Luz, Portal of Light is his name, he faked a Mayan elder whose culture has crystal skulls they guard, and he looked at him 
um, actually Portal de Luz telepathically said, dad, when this elder comes and looks at me, you are not allowed to say anything. You just let the elder decide for himself whatever it is that he w wants to share. So he starts looking at this and he sees how nice a design this was done by this Brazilian carver. And, and he says to his interpreter, because, you know, before we started, I addressed you in Spanish, but my Spanish is very limited. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I have to use it when I go to Peru. And actually, Portuguese, I'm better. Right. But, you know, there are certain words that are the same, like Portal de Luz happens to be the same in Spanish and Portuguese, right. which I like. I think mm -hmm. that's great. But anyway, this Mayan elder comes up and says, this is one of their skulls. And, of course, I know the carver. I know who made it. I went to his shop. He recognized the skull and I showed it to him. So I said, grandfather, I'm sorry, you're incorrect. This is not one of yours. This was made by Brazilian. Oh no, you don't understand. It, it, he was faked out by Portal de Luz because of the energies that he has, let's say, held within himself, within his structure or this consciousness that's there. He felt this skull was alive. It must be one of theirs. Right. So there is, is, the reason I'm saying this yeah, okay, so I'm admiring you, whatever. The reason I'm saying this is I get carried away sometimes. You know, you have to have fun with these things or it mm -hmm. doesn't pay to do it. Sure. Is that, um, you know, any crystal skull, even the ones I'm defining for you, uh, because, you know, the mineral is, who knows, hundreds of thousands or millions of years old. It can hold, even an, a new done skull could actually hold an ancient uh, consciousness, a very old consciousness, very wise consciousness. Right. So this is the reason why if there's a, one key message I want to share about the crystal skulls with your viewers is that they're all important. They all have a role to play. It's like human beings, you know, uh, we're brought up and we're told, you know, uh, our family's better than some other family. Well, that's not true. We mm. all have the same potential to do the same things. Naturally, we all have our own gifts you know, the, our own things that we like to do, but every person is special. You know, no person is lesser or greater than another. Uh, and so it's the same with the skulls. Like when the, they talk amongst themselves, you know, they're saying, you know, you just don't understand. Um, just because this skull happens to be very old and was in Atlantis or whatever, you know, that skull honors me the same as I honor it. We're one family, we work together. And one of the nice things you can do with the older skulls, the very old skulls, which then would be over 2,000 years or more in creation, is you could take a new one and put it next to an older one. And the older one will be able to see the energies around it and will pass to it something. Right. So i give you an example. Only way I can explain some things with the crystal skulls, because for some people it sounds so crazy, they don't believe me is to give you a real life example of something happened. I have no reason to make anything up. You know, um, I'm not uh, like a, a person whose reputation will be uh, diminished because I tell these stories. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just a person who's dedicated to the crystal skull. And the only way I know how to explain who I am is an explorer. You know, I, I go, I find out things, I have experiences, I share them. Everybody decides for themselves. Do I believe him? Is he insane or crazy? Or no, that sounds good. Right. Well, I must have done a good job. I was on Coast to Coast, which is one of the most popular shows for this. Mm -hmm. I had quite a few people 
listening to me talk this way right, and right. explain the subject this way. Uh, I was one you know of them. <laughs> I was one oh, of them. you were one of them? Yeah, okay, that's how you found out. All right. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I did there. And yeah. I, I only had like, I didn't have like now where I could just keep talking. Right. I had like 15 minutes. I had to speak really fast. I had to come back to finish, mm -hmm. you know. So, but apparently I still did okay. It's probably because I've studied this for so long. I just know what to say. I just right. know how to explain it. I worked hard that I can explain it so people can follow me. Sure. Okay, so I was going to tell you a story. Oh, yeah, it's from um, Poland, okay? It involves Portal de Luz. Okay. Um, it just shows you what can happen around the Christmas skulls. So there's this young boy in Poland, and people are coming to see us, see, see us with the skulls to receive some form of healing uh, because they don't trust their own doctors. Now, this was probably mm, 2004 or five or six, so it's probably better there now. But at this time, they had kind of just gotten away from the communists. They mm -hmm. were enjoying their their own freedom and that they had choice that they could make. Right. And so uh, because there was a magnetic healer who sponsored us, like a was a medical doctor, but he was also a magnetic healer. Right. He sponsored us. A lot of people were interested to have the experience. So this young boy comes, and we had several skulls. He selects Portal de Luz to work with. And his problem was, and why his mother brought him, is in his eyes, he had, you know, some vision problem, and they were using chemicals, hmm. like, you know, how I, I, I have people I know who have gone through cancer that use chemotherapy. Right. So they're using a chemical to heal his eyes. And the problem is every time he would get his treatment, he would be in bed for days to just recover. Okay. Mm -hmm. He could never go out and play with this friend. So first his mom brings him to see Portal de Luz. Right. And then he, he has his treatment and he goes out the same day and plays with his friends. So the reason I'm telling this story, besides being a proud papa right. of this crystal skull and the energies that it holds, because it's, it's, it's service-orientated. It, every person that the skulls meet, they want to offer something. They want to help the person. You know, they want to give an energy. They want to activate their spiritual gifts. They want to give them a dream. Okay. Right. So this is an example of a new skull. But this new skull, prior to having... Uh, this experience in Poland had sat with his older brothers and sisters. Okay. So in other words, some of the very old skulls, which, you know, we can talk about some of them. You mentioned a, a few of them. You didn't say the Mitchell Hedges skull name properly. So that's how it's okay. pronounced. Mitchell, right. Mitchell, Hedges. Mitchell Hedges. But I knew which one you were talking about. Right, right. And most people who know that skull will. I'm just saying that for you in case the guardian of the skull happens to listen, that I, I made sure that it was pronounced properly. Okay. Um, okay, so um, so what was I going to do? Okay, so now let's go to the to the ancient skulls. Um, and Mitchell had the skulls. One of the skulls Portal has sat with, and a mead that you mentioned right. also, and a couple of the British Museum. But I think he was there to heal the British Museum skull, not so much to receive because the place, and it's probably still the same. I don't know. I haven't talked to anyone recently. But when I was there, I think it was like 2010 or 11, was in this corner with a very heavy energy. Like the museum didn't even respect the artifact. Right. And Portal de Luz uh, is normally a light gray. He got very black, very dark, mm -hmm. as if he was removing 
energies from his brother sister skull. Okay. okay. So that was a skull that was older than him, but he was able to help. Right. So that's why I'm saying they're family. They work together. They help each other. Okay. So let's look at your, now come back to your question. Where did they come from originally? How old could they be, etc.? Okay, we don't exactly know the answer to these questions. We have ideas. Part of the ideas come from legends told by indigenous people and part come from people like myself who have some sensitivity. Right. Like when I look at the Mitchell Hedgeskull, I just know Atlantis, okay? But how can I prove that? Okay, because first of all, we don't have absolute proof about Atlantis, okay, although many people believe in it. Right. And many people aren't sure where was Atlantis. Some people say Atlantis was in Antarctica, which is possible it could have been there, and maybe not in the Atlantic Ocean, you right. know, where most people think. I even heard some people say it was by Asia somewhere. Right. So, you know, th there's different opinions, but for me, I believe that a lot of the technologies that we have now, we had in Atlantis. You know, it's uh, many souls who are in Atlantis are coming back here. Some are coming back because they didn't do such a good job and they destroyed the continent. So they're trying to make amends and others of us were there. And we're coming back to prevent those souls who mess up from destroying our entire planet, right. which pretty much is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and we can, we can get to, to some of the reasons why later, but... Sure. So any, anyway, I believe, you know, from soul memory, let's say, the Marian Atlantis were two places where they had crystal skulls. And that over time, that some of these skulls, which we know now, I believe, were passed from civilization to civilization. And, you know, eventually they find their way. Like probably every person who has a very old skull, um, it's not a mistake. They do. They probably worked with it in a past life. Right. So we have a couple of skulls ourselves, which are quite old. But to me, the age of the creation doesn't make any difference because okay. they each have a role to play. They each have a special energy. There are certain people going to be drawn to some and not others. Right. No. Um, so, you know, there, there are tools and Portal is reminding me, I can hear him. Okay, I'll say this for you. That they're here to awaken the divinity within us. They're sure. a tool for this. Um, especially, now I can't speak for all the different gemstones that people are making crystal skulls. Okay? okay. What I resonate with is quartz. And what I understand about the quartz is it's like a um, an energy vortex. Okay. In other words, it works in many dimensions. So it can receive vibrational frequencies from many places. That's why it makes sense to me that a living consciousness, which is probably not human, is more dimensional, extraterrestrial, would say, well, because, um, you know, they're all around us all the time, I believe. Right. But they have to respect our free will. Like, you know, even if you and I believe that how could there not be other intelligent life somewhere else? What is God crazy? Right. You know, he's saying, I just want the earth to have life. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So I'm sure, you know, either the origins of humanity of our shape and our form comes from contact with other intelligences right. or they're out there and they're visiting us. As a matter of fact, whoever this spirit guide is says some of them are actually listening in to your radio conversation and are finding it very enjoyable and entertaining. 
right. you know, to watch how humanity is awakening to, you know, a lot of other realities that are around us, which most people are kind of go like, you know, I'm only nine to five. I don't want to see them. <laughs> I don't want to see yeah. their ships. Right. They're crystal skulls. I don't want to look at them. You know, we have had people, you're not asking me many questions. It's probably because I'm doing um, a good job. I'm just letting you go because when I was listening to you on Coast to Coast, there were so many questions that they were asking you. I was waiting for you, know, for you to keep going and they just kept cutting you off and cutting you off. Well, was, that was their job. <laughs> no, I know. But so, I was, well, I figure when I came on a show like yours, then I could, you know, you'd let me talk a little bit. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, shoot. That, the problem is when I interrupt myself, I forget my story that I was going to say. Do you remember the last words I said? Oh, it was a really good one. Um, if not, we we'll, were. No, don't worry about it. Yeah. We don't want to waste time. <laughs> so anyway, um, so this is the essence of what I think, and I think that the old ones are very old. They're either gifts from the gods, which could be the extraterrestrials, right. or you know, the advanced civilizations, new ways how to make them, like. Um, in our first book that we did, Mystery of the Crystal Skulls Revealed, which is out of print, that I was a co-author with Bowen and us, Reno. Miss Bowen had the vision. The Mitchell Hedges skull was actually the bone skull of an Atlantean priestess hmm. that they converted into crystal. Right. She thinks the entire body was converted into crystal, but they only found the skull. Okay. So that's what she talked about. So the the key for your viewers and listeners to understand with crystal skulls is this is a very highly controversial subject. Right. There will probably be a lot of things I say, which I very much believe that I've had experiences of, but I can't prove it beyond the experience. And that what they should consider, and I can help them with this too, because I've set up a special relationship with my friends in Canada who have every crystal skull you can imagine hmm. they may and we'll talk about this before we finish they may decide to actually get one of their own I mean the only way you can fully grasp what this is about is if you have your own okay sure. like my wife and I and Katrina we have like 30 skulls okay I don't work with all of them I probably don't give most of them attention and they're not happy with me you know <laughs> Um, Portal de Luz I do because, you know, he's he's big and, you know, he's a good example of a crystal skull. And we've worked together since 1999, I've had him. Okay. But, um, you know, they're all special and they've made a big difference in our life. And, you know, as we have traveled and done our spiritual work, some of them have helped other people as well. So anyway, in a roundabout fashion, I think I answered your, your one question so far. Sure. And the other thing I'll tell you is there is the theory about 13 ancient skulls or master skulls. A lot of people believe that. Um, some of the indigenous people talk about that. Right. So, but I don't think this is my opinion and Katrina agrees and a lot of other people I know. These original skulls, I don't think they're out. I think all these other ones were kind of like copies made from them. Okay. So, because if it's like the blue skull, which we haven't even talked about yet, really, um, the vibrational frequency I feel for that would probably evaporate and disintegrate people because it's so high. So I'm thinking that those skulls we're not ready for yet, but we have all these other ones, all these other, I don't want to call them toys, but tools, let's say, that we can work with 
right. that help us. But, you know, to, to really get the sense of it, I think a person needs to have uh, their own. So now I'm turning it back to you. Sure, sure. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so from there, I mean, so we obviously the older skulls are the ones that have, you know, like all the energy. But when, when it comes to like the new skulls that are carved, how do they, I guess, awaken and actually receive energy do they have to be placed in the same room with older skulls that are already awakened or how does that how does that work okay, that's that's a great question paul uh i i have been shown through them they've taught me i i you know or sometimes they get a idea to do something crazy right but um it's the same as a human being how do we become who we are through our experiences okay mm-hmm. so there's a lot of subjects i know about that you may not have touched, but it's because I have more years on you to study it. So it's mm-hmm. through the experience. So it's the same with the crystal skulls. So let's say, for example, they pick us, we don't pick them. That's what I believe. Okay. So let's say you go to a crystal store. So we'll do like an example, and maybe this could help people see your question. So you go to a crystal store, and you know, you're looking around, and all of a sudden there's this one skull, and it's like you're riveted to it. And you don't know why. And you, and you just feel like you have to bring it home with you. Right. Now, it doesn't matter the size or what it's created from. It's speaking to you. It's grabbing you. And you have to bring it home. So, you know, you go buy it and you go, okay, now I have it. What do I do with this? Sure. Okay. So the first thing, meditate with it. See what happens. Take it to sleep with you. Take it with you when you go out. Of course, you know, if it's the size of Portal to lose, I would need a bag to bring him. But, you know, you could start with a smaller skull. Fits in your pocket or have something you wear around your neck or whatever. So you take it with you. So what happens is with the newer skulls, you start creating a relationship. And I believe that if your intention is to work with the skull in a serious way, not just buy it, leave it on the shelf and never look at it ever again. Right. And just, you know, your guests ask you, what's that? Oh, I bought it in a storage. It's a crystal skull, like Indiana Jones. But I think if you're going to work with it in a serious way, and this consciousness probably already planned before you were even born. You may have even talked to this being before you were born. You know, when I'm, let's see, what, what age was I when I saw me? So 83. So I was 28 years old. So when I was on the other side, I said, at 28 years old, I'll be ready to be reactivated with crystal skulls. Boom, picture of a me comes up. A couple weeks later, I see it, I touch it. That's it. I'm a goner. I'm an explorer. Yeah. Okay? You know, but that, was a, that wasn't just something I agreed to do in this life. I know I've been involved with crystal skulls in other lifetimes. And I remember one in Tibet where I, I was in a meditative pose. There was like a circle, one, four, eight of skulls in front of me. And I'm saying, I... Uh, I vow that I will do everything I can to help people to understand what you truly are. So I'm still doing it now. Okay. And I don't know what those 13 skulls were. Okay. They probably were very old skulls. So, so anyway, so you start meditating and you start working with it. And eventually what will happen is the skull will start communicating with you and it'll say like he did to me in England, we're going to the crop circles, right? I want to go to the crop circles. Okay, you know, why not? They're very interesting. But then the next thing after we go to the crop circles is we need to do some tests. 
we need to do tests. Hey, grab that crop circle, British crop circle. He has devices. Let's do some energy tests. So what we do is we see, can a crystal skull, the energy, change the energy in a crop circle? Right. Wouldn't that be a good test to try? So I explain it to the crop circle researcher. So again, I'm just giving you examples, you know, crazy things that will come to you. The skull's communicating, asking, or you're feeling, or you're intuit, whatever your gifts are that you use, the communication begins. And then there comes the, the point, and I'm gonna come back to that story because it's very interesting what happened there. Okay. But eventually what happens is you don't need to ask a guy like me, what do I do with this? I already know because I have communication and I know we're going to do meditation for world peace or, or I, the skull's activating my healing gift. I'm going to do laying on hands, you know, so for everyone it's different. Okay. So it's the main thing about it is you have to trust. This is what a lot of people don't do. They think there's somebody who knows more than they do, or there's somebody else who has their answers for them. See, when I do my sessions, I try to be careful that I give options to people and help them learn how they can decide what's right. Because the only person that knows what's absolutely correct for you is you. Right. Okay. That's what I believe. Now you can get suggestion. Oh, that's a good suggestion. Well, if that's a good suggestion, are you going to do it? Or are you just going to say it's a good suggestion? <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we'll come back to the crop circle story. So we finally had the right setup where Portal de Luz was with me in a crop circle. He kept saying, I want you to do meditation with my favorite music, which is Pasha Bell's Canon in D, which could possibly be that was a past life. I was him. Don't know. I, I do have musical gifts that I have no idea where it comes from. And I have a Crystal Skull theme song, which is on YouTube. If anybody's curious about that, I can send them the link okay. uh, where I have no idea where this melody came from. Oh, I'm sorry. He's reminding me. Uh, Franz Liszt helped me with part of it. I, again, may have been his son. So too many stories to tell. We're going back to the crop circles. You got to keep me focused here, Paul, or I'll lose it because everything interconnects with everything else. Right. Okay. So uh, I, unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the researcher. He was a very well-respected researcher. He passed away. I really loved him. He came to my first talk I ever gave in England. And he was willing to work with this crazy Jewish guy with crystal skulls to do this test. But he had a device that could measure the electromagnetic energy in the crop circle. Okay. okay. Because a real crop circle, what I found is if you walk in a certain direction, you will go with the flow of the energy. And if you walk against it, you'll be dizzy. Hmm. If you go into a fake crop circle, you won't feel nothing. Okay. Right, so that's that's how I was able, but that's because my first gift is I feel energy, I can sense energy. So uh, the idea was to meditate at the center of the crop circle, okay, with the skull. So first we wanted to measure the energy there. So the energy was zero, okay, on his meter, which went from minus 100 to plus 100. Um, but Portal de Luz showed us inside of himself, and I generally don't see things like this, but I remember that I saw and the other people there and the crop circle researcher saw that it looked like there was a spiraling energy going in and coming out really fast. Mm -hmm. And if such an energy was taking place in the center, it would zero and negate it out. So the reading would be zero. 
Okay. Okay. So, um, so then I did my meditation with Portal de Luz and I have a picture somewhere somebody took of me. We didn't have MP3 players then. We had portable CD players. Mm -hmm. So I had a portable CD player. And I'm listening to Pasha Bell's canon. As soon as I go into meditation, I felt a cone of energy surround us. Like I was being disconnected from the other people or even the reality I was in. And I did not open my eyes to the music was over and the meditation ended. And then um, I started to feel inspired because this happens to me even now. I get inspired even though my voice isn't the best. Even when I sing my own songs, it's not always the best. My father used to tell me it was pretty bad. <laughs> but some people like it. So, you know, it just depends what you're doing. Sure. So uh, I started singing with Pasha Bell's canon. I thought I was in perfect harmony. And then we came out, came out of meditation. Everybody's looking at me. What song were you singing? We didn't recognize that. So I must have been. <laughs> so then um, we measured the energy of the crop circle again, still with zero. So a lot of energy around the skull, put the skull at the center of the crop circle, which we did before and it didn't make any difference. It was still zero. And then it went off the scale. Okay. So apparently with the music and the skull and doing the meditation it was like an activation, you know, so we were able to change the energy in the crop circle. So the key that I'm saying to you is as far as how you work with these skulls and, you know, figure out which one, the best way is not to have somebody pick it for you right. is to go with, you know, Oh, there's something interesting about it because you can't make any mistakes. You see, let's say you get a skull and it doesn't work out for you. You still learn something from it. Sure. So every experience we have, we learn. So you can't make any mistakes. So, but the key is it's a question of trust. Right. Trust yourself. We all have gifts. We have intuition. We have a feeling, you know, it might be, it's not the right time to get a crystal skull. So none of them speak to you. Okay. But I've had many people, um, and the same was true with Portal de Luz. When he was offered to me as a gift, I had a connection with him immediately. You know, I would not have accepted him if I didn't feel the connection and like the form in which he had been carved. I would have, because I'm a typical Aries. I don't, I don't have a problem telling somebody no, but I've learned how to do it diplomatically. Okay. okay. Great idea. Let me think about it. And if it works for me, I'll get back to you. I already know I'll never get back to them. Sure, sure. Okay? But I try to be polite. Absolutely. So, so yeah. that's just the way. So I hope that kind of answered your, your question about, you know, like, how do you figure it out or so on? Sure. I mean, we can, you can learn about, like, let's say if you want a different gemstone type of skull, you can learn about how does that gemstone interact with a human being? Right. Okay. Like smoky quartz seems to be more for organization and business and finances and rose quartz is for heart energy, which is more emotional sure. and clear quartz could be a jack of all trades. It could do a lot of different things. Amethyst seems to be more focused around the head and the third eye. So each stone and each quartz, each gemstone has its own way. Like there could be somebody who would look at quartz skulls and go, I don't feel any affinity for them, but you know, these other stones over here, and this is my problem. I keep forgetting the name of other stones. So give me the name of another gemstone that I can use as an example. Um, fluoride, yeah, like fluoride. Okay. I've seen sure. fluoride skulls. 
Wow, I remembered one. It was on another radio show, and I couldn't remember the name of any other gemstone but quartz. I was really embarrassed. So nobody caught me, fortunately. So that was good. But say fluoride. I've seen fluoride skulls. Um, You know, somebody really loves that kind of blue-green color and the energy of that. That's a valid crystal skull for them. You know, it doesn't have to be quartz. It's just that quartz were the first ones that started to come out. But now that we have an attention of this, we are finding, even in the old stones, uh, the old skulls, they're in other gemstones also. It's not just quartz. Sure. Now, when when it comes to, like, energy, obviously, like you mentioned that story um, about healing energy, things like that. Now, can that be, can there be an opposite? Maybe there's skulls that have, like, really bad energies or they bring on, like, really negative energy. Um, and can those be used maybe say, um, I mean, can crystal skulls be used for other things also? Like when it comes to like paranormal investigations, do they have that kind of energy as well? Where they, you know, you can actually use them for that? Okay, so you're asking me two questions. Can they have yeah. bad energy and can right. they be used in paranormal investigations? Sure. The answer to both questions are yes, but let me explain it. Okay. Okay, so here's how humanity is. Let's say we have something that's wonderful, that's helping a lot of people, but it has a negative aspect to it. What will the media do? They'll focus on the negative Negative. aspect. You should never get a crystal skull. (laughs) It's death, doom, and evil. Don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, but over here are 10,000 people that are guardians, and they're having the most amazing experiences. Why are we ignoring them? Okay. So when, you, when somebody asks me a question, could there be negative? Yes, it's like anything else, any tool. I mean, money could be used for the most greatest, amazing things, but most of us, because we struggle with it and we watch these wealthy people who have no concern for most of us, we think it's totally evil. It's not. It's a, it's a tool we have that we get to choose how do we use it. Sure. Okay? So... Uh, what I now my personal experience with this is when I went to Mexico, which has both positive and dark energies there. Um, I came across some crystal skulls that actually made me physically sick. I needed to ask, and I don't like to do this. I like to do everything for myself if I can, but I had to ask for help from some of the healers there because you know I was really uh, ill mm-hmm. in the presence of those skulls. I didn't protect myself enough. Because I think what happened is those particular ones were used in man's inhumanity to man. Like some of the Mesoamerican cultures in the past did sacrifice. They took the heart out. They put this going. See, what we have to understand is, at least with crystal, it's going to record whatever's around it. Sure. Okay. So if you have love and joy and peace and dancing and singing and all this good stuff, that's what it's going to pick up. Or if you have sacrifices or you have wars and you're using it for that, it's going to pick up that energy. Right. Now, I think that the very old skulls, which have these uh, very high levels of consciousness through them, they'll block those energies and will not allow it to be incorporated. But say, you know, like a new skull, it's, it's virgin. Okay. Anything can go on with that one. So there could be people using crystal skulls for dark ceremonies or whatever. So, you know, the reporter said, let's focus on how people are using crystal skulls and only 
show that. Sure. You know, but that's not how they're being used. That was not their original purpose. Right. To me, like when I saw me, I felt like the original purpose of the crystal skulls was a gift from the gods or, you know, from higher beings to help humanity to um, awaken to who we are, divine children of God. That's what their main purpose was. And also that, and this is a question you didn't ask me, which is important. Portal's reminding me about this. Why in the shape of a skull? Right. You know, because like we say, we use this image for death and doom and poisons and everything. We don't use it in a positive way. But what we forget is we all have a bone skull inside, very similar to the shape of Portal de Luz that I showed. And that it's that shape, just like in a pyramid where you go one third of the way down from the top and it rejuvenates metals, mm -hmm. that shape also is conducive to receive cosmic knowledge, information, energy. So it's that shape. Someone, a greater being said, okay, I'm going to create the physical reality to allow souls to incarnate into physical form. What's going to be the most efficient form? Well, if we look at the extraterrestrials that they're supposedly pictures of, they have the same basic form as we do. They have a head, they have two arms, and they have two legs, right? But the, the bone skull protects the brain, but I feel like a lot of information comes through the bone, which then eventually the conscious mind will pick up, okay? It's like in the super consciousness, subconscious. So it's that shape which makes it conducive. At least this is what I believe and what my understanding is. So that's why we have this, this particular shape. So if it's in quartz, in the shape of a bone skull, you know, it's really like this could this could have been the computers used by the ancient people, a crystal skull. Held all the information, telepathically they would get it. Or I was trying to explain on I think it was on coast to coast, it may come out of my mouth, because one per one of my friends heard me and then he started talking to me about all kinds of other stuff. <laughs> that um I have this vision, I think it's from Atlantis, where they actually had some kind of machine, like a computer, let's say, where it had a screen and it, and probably it was wireless is what I guess, you know, where it could somehow focus into the vibrational frequency of the skull and then images would come on the screen, like all this information and things that have been recorded would be displayed on the screen so that everybody could see it. Sure. Okay. So I remember... One time, then we'll go to your next question. I went to Microsoft because uh -oh. I had a friend who worked there and I got to do a lecture on crystal skulls. Of course, not a lot of people came, maybe 10. But I said to them, do you know, you work with the modern crystal skulls, right? Well, the crystal skulls, I believe, were the ancient computers. Okay. Okay, so, so it's possible that they could have been used that, you know, as a storage device because our modern computers use quartz crystals too. Sure. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, I know it's, 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 um, okay. But there was yeah, one other part to your question. I didn't right. get to uh, what was the other part paranormal aspect of it. Do you know, do they, are they used or can they be used for that as well? Yeah. Let's cover all your questions. Don't forget any of them. <laughs> Cause I talk too much here. No. We're good. Okay. So, um, well, how could you? Well, first of all, you, you need paranormal research to understand the energy of the skulls. Right. Okay. So, like some tests that we've done, we've used a uh, meridian stress test system. Okay. Which most people have no idea what that is, but 
what it is it's um, a computer connected to um, uh, a computer system uh, running a computer system that has like a flat tray where you can put objects on and also has electrodes okay. and the idea is it can measure the uh, frequencies of the meridians in the hands and the feet okay and when you put an object on the tray which could be a crystal skull like we did or it could be something that would heal the person okay. you know you can because the body doesn't lie the body will will say through the machine here's what will help me and here's what will hurt me right. or it also shows by the measurements of the meridians because what they do is they pass some kind of an electrical current into the meridian and if 50% goes through then it's in balance and if it's not then it's on two sides stress or physical pain okay so they have a, a way to determine that but um, you know so we use this tool to see how does the energy of the crystal skull which is paranormal okay because it can't be measured or they probably have devices that could measure it but this is what they're getting from you know their contact with the other beings and they're not releasing that yet okay. so we have to say for now that i'm not aware of a device that can directly just measure you know uh, full energy like the meridian device what's happening is the person is the is the test subject that's needed to see how the energies are affecting the person and that tells us what the skulls have better than trying to, to read energies around it, which, you know, don't mean much. So, um, so getting back to that, we saw how, you know, these energies, which we can only measure in a paranormal way are affecting people. Okay. Sure. Now, conversely, you could bring a crystal skull doing paranormal research, so then it brings me to another story. Okay. I always have stories I think of. That's good. <laughs> now the problem is I can't remember the, the skull grouper. It's S-C-U-L-L. -L. Sounds like skull, but it's skull. S-C-U-L group. Uh, Robin, I can't remember Robin's last name. This is a very famous case, okay? It's where these mediums in England wanted to have direct contact with spirit. Okay. So what did, and they, there were a lot of groups doing this. And there, I think they started where, you know, they found a cellar that they could be very dark in, which also what are called ley lines, energy lines from the planet went through this, this cellar. Right. And they were in pitch dark. They were in a, uh, around a wooden table, which eventually they had a glass um, bell jar glass bell jar right. with crystals around it and they had the most amazing contact with spirit the voices they heard coming from the air around them they actually felt themselves touched and I think he said uh, Raman said his father came and he could actually feel he was able to remanufacture his body even though he had passed away hmm. so it's the most amazing experiment and scientists came they could not disprove what they were doing well after the energy shut down and before he moved to spain with his wife i had a chance to go to uh this uh, cellar with the crystal skulls okay and what the objective was was to see if the crystal skulls could 
reactivate the energies there so they could have communication again. Because they got a message that some future group, like 20, 30 years in the future, was interfering with what they were doing in the past and it was breaking their communication with spirit. Okay. So it had to end. But it went on for about, I think, seven years. It's a very well-documented case. So anyway, Portal de Luz got to go there with a couple of other skulls. And what I noticed is um, that internally he shifted and his energy felt different after being in that space, even though it wasn't fully activated, right. there still was residue from all these meetings they had because they were meeting once or twice a week. And that builds up the energy and the glass bell jar was holding those energies. Okay. So there still was the energies there. And I did feel like, like water touched me and I felt like there was a spirit there that was doing a healing, I think on my stomach, which I always have problems with. Right. So, um, so crystal skull could be used in paranormal research. Um, what I would say, for example, if I was to bring Portal to lose to, let's say, research where you have devices and everything, he would help to set up a, a more conducive, powerful energy so that things could be measured, sure. perhaps. Um, or he could help to take a researcher, you know, who let's say does a meditation with him, go into a higher state. Like that's what's happened to me in the country where his crystal comes from in Brazil is I'd be walking around Brazil and I go, all my gifts are, are, are open. Normally they're not. What's going on here? It's because of the higher vibrational frequencies in Brazil. Sure. Okay. So that's why they have their special healers that come from there as well. So I don't know if I, I totally answered that question, yeah. but no, I think, it. It could be a, a tool brought in a paranormal research that could help um, the researchers to have a better understanding or better energy around whatever it is they're trying to do. Sure. Now, so you've been, you mentioned a few countries already, um, like like Brazil, and, and obviously you've been to Peru as well. But is there more of like a concentration of where these skulls come from, like like the ancient ones, that they're kind of more, I guess more of them are found in certain countries or is it just kind of spread out all over the place? Well, personally, I think that they were together possibly in Atlantis, like in the healing temples. Sure. And then they got scattered to protect them. And now they're starting to resurface again. But in the modern age, the majority of crystal skulls uh, that they find, not that they're carving, sure. came from Mexico and Central America initially which implies, and the Mayans acknowledge this, they're one of the few, they'll say, yes, we worked with crystal skulls, they're sacred for us. Right. Some Native Americans will also acknowledge that. Um, so there were a lot that were found initially in Mexico and Central America. But then over time, as you know, now we have an awareness of this, you know, I've heard about one that was found in Russia that one of my friends has, and uh, jade skulls, came out of Mongolia, you know, so they're finding these skulls all over the place. And I would think it would be a worldwide uh, phenomenon, but it could be, you know, that the reason they're found in, Meso in Mesoamerican areas is because those cultures really uh, worked with them and honored them and um, did great and did ceremony with them because ceremony is part of what brings them to life and gives them their special frequencies of energy. So I would say, because that's where they were first found, but really 
you know, I think we're going to keep finding skulls all over. And then probably there were, you know, people from Europe that came and stole things from the Americas and brought it back to Europe. So then there's some private owners that have skulls. Right. I know my friend Yoka Venditin, who has the crystal skull ET, that's an, a very old or ancient one. Um, she showed me an article, Spanish galleon had two crystal skulls that was at the bottom of Florida that they found. So apparently they stole them and we're going to take them back to Europe, but the ship sank. So they found those crystal skulls in the galleon. So it's probably, yeah, exactly. So it's worldwide, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely explain, I mean, like the Aztecs and then what, maybe it had something to do with why you know, they just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth one day. And, you know, you know, they, nobody knows kind of what happened to them really. And like the Mayans as well. I mean, they you know, they were there for thousands of years and all of a sudden they were just gone. I mean, they went into, they went into the inner earth probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, which has caves and tunnels and a very advanced civilization there, but that's a whole other subject. Sure. Sure. Oh yeah. It's definitely interesting. I mean, it's, like I mentioned before, for a lot of people that, you know, have never heard of, you know, Crystal Skulls really, except except for the movies. I mean, you know, you would kind of have no idea that, you know, that they were out there. I mean, I'd, I'd heard of them prior outside of the movie as well, but I mean, I just didn't know, like, if, I didn't know the whole aspect that you could get them carved out for you and then you can actually have your own, you know, things like that. Um, and that's definitely interesting, you know, maybe to look at one day you know if, if i'm ready to have one then you know then i'll have one but if not then that's fine <laughs> right. well you can talk to a carver and say you know i'm doing that actually a carver in india i have a vision in my head of a certain type of skull i think that people would like and i'm asking can your best carver do this so he's going to make some samples for me and if he gets it the right form that i visualize and then we make a whole series of them sure. for people in different types of gemstones so Right. And you mentioned, so like, you mentioned like the whole skull aspect of it, you know, that they were actually made in skulls, like why, you know, that was kind of predominantly like that. Um, now, obviously, they've, if they've maybe found skulls that look like alien heads, is that, were those just kind of like carved or have they actually found some that were ancient that actually looked like that? Well, the one called ET does not look totally human-like. It's kind of pointed to the jaw, uh, right. sorry, the jaw and the top of the head. So it does look a little bit ET-like. Um, I don't know if I would say that they found a lot of crystal skulls that look ET-like. Right. Um, they're more stylized. Okay. Um, but the modern carvers are making ET-looking skulls. Okay. So that's one that we're going to have. It's going to be similar to what's been called a star being skull. It looks a little bit like a gray, but you know, it doesn't have that energy to it. Okay. Just kind of has an alien face on it and made from different types of quartz, uh, which a lot of people like, like to have that. So, um, but I, I can't really think of, you know, like, um, well, Synergy 2 doesn't quite look human. It's got elongated head. I saw it look like it might have been a, a lion person, you know, head, two arms, and a leg, right. uh, not as an animal. So I'm sure there probably are some, um, but it's not in the predominance. It's either more stylized or human-like, sure. I would say. So, 
but, but definitely the extraterrestrials um, were involved in either bringing them here or help or giving us a technology to create them. There are holographic images in some of the old ones that show extraterrestrial and UFO craft. Right. So, you know, um, so if it was a gift from the gods, you know, they made it, but they had to do it in a way which wouldn't cause panic and fear. Obviously, having a skull that might look like them might not be comfortable for a lot of people. I mean, we already have problems with um, skeletons found of giants, and we also have, um, and I saw a modern skull done this way too, where it has an elongated part of the head, you know, up on an angle, which you find in Peru, which and in and in Egypt too, I guess, because you know the rulers had these head headdress that had this kind of long that may have been hiding that their skull wasn't totally human like. Right. Um, so. Yeah, so I would say there's more bone skulls found that have extraterrestrial than than the crystal skulls. Right. If you're if you're looking at older ones. Sure. And you mentioned giants, right? So obviously there's been uh, like quite extensive effort to you know block any kind of bones or anything actually being revealed. You know that you know they're they're actually giants. Pretty much with the Smithsonian, um, you know, they, they go out there and they take bones and then they just kind of hide them from everybody. But has was that ever ever the case with the crystal skulls as well? Did they kind of not want that to be out there at first? Or was it just, you know, one of those things that somebody discovered and it was just out there like wildfire? No, we we still believe in, in the indigenous people either say nothing to confirm this or they may confirm it that there's a lot of crystal skulls that still are hidden, okay. you know, because they're being protected. Right. Because, you know, again, the conquistadors came over and they stole everything. So the indigenous people quickly recognized they better hide their sacred tools. So I have no doubt. And also because, you know, like when they're digging in Mexico, sometimes the skulls just come out of the ground. Sure. So I have no doubt that there's many more crystal skulls that have not come come out yet that either are being hidden by indigenous people who recognize that they're sacred or you know they're buried in the ground or there there's a time when it's the right time for them to come out so most definitely yeah it's definitely crazy it's yeah see it's, the, the other thing that we have to look at here is i didn't get involved until 1983 but prior to that you know there were some stories about crystal skulls periodically Right. But it seems like in the 80s, all of a sudden, people really started taking notice of them. And then in the later part of the 80s, they wanted to have their own. So then the carvers started making them. Sure. And, you know, so it goes up and down with the interest. And then all of a sudden, Indiana Jones, when we heard they were going to make an Indiana Jones movie with Chris, we thought they were joking. Sure. <laughs> I couldn't believe that they would do that. But then they, they really, they did. And then they showed the 13 skulls. Yeah. You know, they didn't they showed it differently than the legends, but at the end you saw 13 skulls that all came together and became one alien. Yeah. So that was, that was their, their way of telling the story. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, it was, uh, it was definitely like a, when, the, when I first seen the movie and I saw like the whole crystal skull thing, I was like, Oh wow. Like, I mean, I had known of them prior, like you said, but you didn't hear anything about them. Um, but then, you know, they actually, had their 
take on it, um, which was interesting, I guess, but um, to think that, you know, like, like you said, that they could come from extraterrestrial, you know, from out there in space, you know, and they actually brought them here for us. Um, you know, that was definitely a different take that I hadn't really thought about at that time, but it's, a, you know, it's definitely feasible. I mean, they definitely weren't created here, that's for sure, you know. I, I mean, well, some of the older ones, yeah, you know, when you look at them and you're in the presence and it affects you profoundly, right. think, how could a modern person have created this? Sure. You know, it's uh, like with the Mitchell, I just go for me, I, I, I know for a fact. A modern, I mean, they're trying to say that a carver in Germany made the Mitchell Hedges go okay. in the 1800s before it was discovered. But, you know, and I've seen Chinese carvers come close to duplicating the form, but it doesn't have the energy and the consciousness and the phenomenon right. of what that one has. So it's not just the form. There's something else going on, you know, like I say, this consciousness that works through it. Sure. How how hard is it to actually try to, to replicate one like that? Is it? It's, it I mean, obviously you, it's time consuming, you, but <laughs> yeah, it's time consuming. Well, there are. It's like anything else. Um, I can write a book. You know, it's no problem for me. Words just jumble out when it's time for me to write. Right. Somebody can do poetry. Same thing with music. You know, I, I do things on the guitar. I don't know where I learned it with my strumming and where the melodies come from. So it's the same with a carver. If a person is a gifted carver, if they can do it like it's second nature, then if they have the right tools, they can make a sophisticated crystal skull, very detailed. Um, and it has to be at least a diamond tip because the stones are very hard. Right. And then even if you have the right tool that will, you know, cut through the stone, you got to be careful that you don't shatter it. You make the wrong cut, it could totally shatter it. I have a friend who is a crystal skull carver and told me there has been a couple of times where he made the wrong cut and he lost weeks or months of work and had to start over again. So he's not doing it anymore. I think he told me the last time I talked to him, he's going to do one more and that's it because his hands won't work. I mean, it's very detailed work and, yeah. you know, you, you have to be. And the other thing that's very interesting with carving is you cannot see what you're carving really until it gets polished because mm. it's frosted. Okay. And like when I saw the carver Portal Luz, I saw he showed me one he was on working with. It was all frosted. How does he see what he's doing? So it's, it's, it's something you must be born with, I think, to sure. do it. Um, there are probably machines that could make skulls too, but, you know, they're going to be very primitive-like and um, they'll have no energy whatsoever. So a lot of patience as well. <laughs> right. So maybe, maybe Mitchell had this skull, they were using lasers. I don't know. Sure. Which I had not heard anyone tell me they're using lasers to carve stones right you know they're using saws and drills diamond tip so yeah and I, I know when portal had some um surgery let's say because he had some chips on there that the carver i watched the carver and i was going like in horror i couldn't stand to watch you know <laughs> that he's having some of his crystal taken off but it made him better um using the diamond tip so it's just like cutting through butter uh, There's nothing. Yeah. Wow. That's definitely. No, I would definitely want to. I mean, I don't know anybody that 
you know kind of make those but i would definitely love to see kind of you know like the whole process of making one maybe you know having one made but that's uh, definitely interesting 